prepare your hearts and minds to be blessed. You will hear a word from the Lord, from the Reverend Andre Williams of New Jerusalem Baptist Church. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah unto God. We're very much excited. Uh, to be here. It, it's just a level of excitement when you walk through the door. And I love being around folks that don't mind giving God praise. I serve a true and living God. Ain't that the truth? Go ahead and just lift your hands and tell the Lord thank you. Hallelujah unto God. I'm very grateful uh, for the leaders of this church. Help me celebrate Pastor Arthur Durham. Come on, give love to your pastor. Hallelujah unto God. Look at this. We love him. Amen. I, I, it is a wonderful and humbling experience uh, that when a pastor is out to invite someone in in their absence. So I don't take that lightly. I, I asked the preacher what time we usually get out. He said 1215. That's what he said. Uh, so if that's too late or if that's too short, it's his fault. Hallelujah unto God. I bring you greetings from the Bible-fed and spirit-led congregation housed at 2200 Mans at Hackley, the New Jerusalem Missionary Baptist Church, where the Lord has allowed us to be together coming to 11 years. God, God's been blessing us. There's a brief word that I want uh, to share found in St. John chapter number 6. St. John chapter number 6. There's a brief word that I want to share. Those of you that have your Bibles, I'm going to take that affirmation with me. This is the incorruptible word. I'm getting ready to be taught. I love it. St. John chapter 6, verse 66. This will be our first service, and then we're headed back as soon as I leave here for our service at home. Hallelujah unto God. St. John chapter 6, verse number 66. And with these preachers that are here, I'm going to give the introduction to the message because I preach too long and they're going to finish it as I'm walking out the door. St. John chapter 6, verse 66. One good verse. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. If you have something different, that's all right. We'll get there together in the end. From that time, many of his disciples went back. Help me say went back. And walked no more with him. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. For a little while, with the aid of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk about the benefit of goodbye. The benefit of goodbye. You ought to help me preach that. Turn to someone close to you and say, neighbor. Oh, I didn't hear everybody say to me, neighbor, it's good to see you, and you look good, and we are preaching about the benefit of goodbye. This is what I have learned. There are many things that I desire to hold on to. There are many things that I want to acquire, ascertain, obtain, keep, hold on to. And there comes a point where you begin to accumulate 
too much stuff. I'm going to go slow. I see you on this side. There, there comes a time when you look around and you see that you have too much stuff. Can't bring in nothing else because you ain't really utilizing what you got right now. Now, I understand how God operates. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What he's literally saying is that if you get me, you can get the stuff. But once you get the stuff, you ought to do something with the stuff that I have given you. Brothers and sisters, I've been taking spiritual inventory for the last few years, looking at what God has enabled me to do, looking at what God has allowed me to do, looking at the doors that God have allowed me to walk in. And I have to take inventory first to just thank him because I don't deserve none of it. I have to pause and realize that it's not because I'm so smart or because I'm so good or because I don't do nothing wrong. It's simply by his grace and mercy, by his love and his compassion. I'm getting excited. Let me pull myself. It's simply because God has been good that I have what I have, do what I do. And I see somebody in the building that can join in in that testimony. Look what God has done in my life. And because of that, I owe him my praise and my worship. So I'm doing my spiritual inventory and I look and I hear the Bible teaching and talking that when God becomes a blessing to you that you ought to be a blessing to somebody else. When God does something for you he's literally provided a way for you to do something for somebody else. So now I gotta take a moment not to boast in what I got but I gotta take a moment to figure out how I can be a blessing in somebody else's life. So I begin to see how God moves in other lives. I've been seeing to see how God opened up doors for other people and how I become a blessing is that I become cheerleaders for people that I know don't even like me. I become cheerleaders for those that don't know how to celebrate me but I'm going to show you how to celebrate you. What God has done in my spiritual inventory is that he has made me realize that as long as I get close to him as long as I spend time with him, he will open up my eyes to see what I need to see. He'll open up my ears so I can hear what I need to hear. What I'm trying to tell somebody in the building is that when you go through your spiritual inventory and you're looking for somebody to push you, you're looking for somebody to celebrate you, you may not always get that response from people, but I come to tell you God is the ultimate one, that he knows how to elevate you to a place that people can't do nothing but say what is going on in your life and you ought to be able to testify look what God has done listen spiritual inventory so I'm beginning to go through the list and I begin to see all the different things that God has given and it's not a moment of ownership it's a moment of accountability when God gives you something, you got to do something with it. 
I'm looking at a building full of people that are skilled. I'm looking at a building full of people who are blessed and healed and delivered. And God is saying, what are you going to do with it? Now that I have granted your request, now that I have given you what you asked for, what are you going to do with it? The reason why I look for explosive worship on Sunday morning is when all of us get together knowing what we have done. I ain't going to stay there. Knowing how filthy and sin we have got. Knowing how far we have slid away. Knowing the things that we can hide from man but can't hide from God. When we all get in the building, it ought to be explosive saying that the same God that saved me, he saved you. The same God that healed me, he healed you. And now let's just take a moment and tell God how much I love you and how much I appreciate you and how much I've dedicated my life to you, spiritual inventory. So I'm looking and I'm looking at Jesus Christ and I see the crowd has been following Jesus. Now you always got to be mindful. The last time I was here, I told you don't be moved by the crowd. Today I want to remind you, keep your eye on the crowd. You ain't got to move just because they move, but you ought to know who around you. You ought to know that who in your circle. The more Jesus Christ preached, the more the crowd grew. The more Jesus Christ taught, the more the crowd grew. And the crowd had gotten to a big number when he started passing out blessings. And I know many of you understand the benefit of getting something for nothing. But you understand, once you look at it, ain't nothing in this world free. Somebody got to pay for it. So when I did my spiritual inventory and I began to see what God has done, there comes a cost with great blessings of God. There were some times that I had to labor all by myself. And I wish I had time to really talk about being alone. Those of you that can't handle being alone, just because you are alone don't mean you are lonely. There's a benefit in getting by yourself. I feel like preaching in this building. When I get by myself, I can hear the voice of God. It's not just me telling God what I need him to do. It becomes a moment for me to sit down and hear the voice of God. God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it that you want me to say? God, how do you want me to move? God, if you want me to stand, I'll stand. If I got to do it by myself, if you want me to sit, I'll sit until you bless me. And somebody in the building right now, you understand that sometime God know how to just sit you down. And now I got to wait on God to move. I got to wait for God to talk. I got to wait for God to release me. Let me tell you, don't you lose your praise uh, while you in your holding pattern. Don't you lose your shout while God got you on hold. Go ahead and shout like God done already done it. Go ahead and shout like God done already made a way. Go ahead and give him the victory because it's done in Jesus' name. Here he is, Jesus Christ was teaching. And the more Jesus Christ was teaching, the crowd began to grow. I get excited when I see what God is getting ready to do. God is the master teacher. He's the only one that can tell you and show you at the same time. He did not tell them in a dictatorship, do as I say do. But he also said, do 
as I do. He said, I didn't come into the world to be served, but I came to serve. And the more that he began to teach that, the more he piqued the interest of those that were listening. And the more he began to teach, he began to switch up in his lesson. He says, now that you have been so blessed, now that I've given you everything that you need, now you got to devote yourself to me. And many of us, we don't mind receiving, but we got to pause when it's time to give. He said, I don't want your money. I don't want your possessions. I want your heart. I want everything uh, that you ever hoped to be. I want all of your aspirations. I want all of your dreams. He said, I want you to surrender yourself to me. And when he began to talk about surrendering yourself to him, many people began to look at Jesus. Jesus a little differently now. If you want more of God, you got to be willing to sacrifice uh, some things of this world to get what you want out of God. And in order to get what you want out of God, there are some things that you must be willing to part with. And I know some of us, we got a hoarding spirit. Can I teach that for a moment? There are some things that we've been holding on to. It's good to us, but it ain't good for us. There are some things that we've been holding on to out of familiarity because I know you and because I've devoted so much time it's hard for me to let it go but anything that keep me from getting closer to God anything that'll hinder my worship anything that'll stop me from praising anything that'll stop me from talking to God anybody that'll deter me from getting closer I gotta cut it off and I know it's hard to cut I see some of your faces. I know. I know it's hard to cut some things off, but don't you know that you can't heal from the very thing that's killing you? You got to be willing to say, I got to let it go. There's a new level I'm trying to get in God. There's a new blessing I'm trying to get. There's something I can't get as long as I'm holding on to the very thing that's hindering me. And if I had time to go through the building, how many of you been holding on to something for too long? How many of you keeping yourself awake at night, losing appetite, can't get in the presence of God? You're at church, but not in church. You hear the word, but not receiving the word. You're singing a song, but not living the words. I come to tell you, there's a benefit in letting it go. Tell somebody, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Listen, listen. Listen, I, I'm trying. So as he was teaching them, he began to take inventory of the crowd. Now, he had one crowd that came after he healed the blind man. So all the blind folks started following Jesus because they wanted to receive their sight. He had another crowd that was following him after he took two fish and five loaves of bread. And they had a crowd following him simply because they wanted a free meal. But in the middle of that crowd, he had a small group of people that did not want anything outside of a relationship with him. 
brothers and sisters, how be it that we as Christian believers have now had a desperate need to be in a relationship with God. Brothers and sisters, I've been looking at our world and I see all the trends. I see all the styles that is grabbing our attention and I don't want none of that because today you may be popular and by the night they'll turn against you. They'll put you up there so high that when you make your mistake, everybody will back off and watch you fall down fast. He said, I want you to have a relationship with God. Now this relationship with God is different than any other kind of relationship. Relationships, now nah, I ain't got time to go into it. You have those that are say, as long as you do it how I need you to do it, I'm there for you. As long as you have met my conditional requirement that this can work out. But God says, I know your weakness. I know that you're going to fall short, but I still want you. I know that you're going to back slide but you're still mine I know that you're gonna get dirty but I'm here to clean you up my relationship with God it is the best thing and the sweetest thing that this world can ever enjoy the more he began to talk to them the multitude looked at Jesus and they began to say Jesus I'm not quite certain about this gospel Ah, it was all right as long as you was answering our prayers. It, it was okay as long as you was doing what we wanted you to do. But this gospel of sacrificing and cutting things off and letting things go, I'm not really ready for this kind of relationship. One rich man said, God, I've acquired a whole lot of stuff over the years. And you now telling me that I need to leave all of my possessions to follow you. I come to tell you what you see on Sunday morning is only a small glimpse of what it is to be a true believer of Jesus Christ. There are some moments that uh, you will find yourself wondering, God, uh, have you forgotten about me? God, uh, have you left me by myself? God, uh, have you forsaken me? God, uh, why would you set me up and leave me like this? God, uh, why would you put this on my shoulders? God, uh, surely I didn't deserve this. God, uh, why would you do me like this after all that I have done for you? The multitude looked at Jesus, you read it, and said, Jesus, I cannot get with this new gospel. They begin to look at Jesus and says that this cost is a little too much for me. You in verse 66, he says there that the multitude turned away from God. I looked at this world that we're living in right now. How many have turned away from God? Not because God has forsaken them, simply because it didn't got a little tight. <clears throat> simply because it didn't got a little rough. Simply because it has gotten a little tough. But don't you know tough storms produce tough soldiers? And there's enough of us in the building that's willing to testify, I've been through the storm, but I came out better on the other side. I've been through some rough moments. But I came out stronger on the other side. Here it is, he says, that I cannot get with this new gospel. 
If there's any message that I would leave with you today, it would be don't just take the sunshine of Jesus. You got to take the rain and the storm as well. If you want to get to where God would have you to be, you got to be willing to go down the rough side of the mountain. I know that's old school. I'm sorry. You got to be willing to handle the valleys of life. You got to be willing to say bye-bye to those that you love with all of your heart, but they're not in the plan for your life. You got to be willing to tell God, however you decide to do it, however you decide to bless me, however you decide to elevate me, it is well with my soul. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says they looked at Jesus and they turned away from God. I've had friends to turn away from me. I've had relationships to turn away from me. But I tell you, I never want to experience the experience of having God turn away from me. If I was able to be esoteric, I would tell you that when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, or my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? It was the first time that Jesus did not feel his daddy's presence. Brothers and sisters, it's a horrible place to be in life to live and to go through the trials of this world to go through the heartaches of this world to go through the pain of this world and not feel your daddy's presence everywhere I go every conversation I have every door I walk in I want it to be ordered by the master's hand and I want you to understand today that no matter what you do no matter how far you go, I feel him attacking my voice. No matter what you endeavor, as you try to get to where God wants you to be, I want you to always take a moment out to say, Lord, direct my steps. Lord, direct my mind. Lord, brighter my tongue. Lord, orchestrate my life. Because I don't want to be nowhere where you are not there. Here he is. Verse 66, they looked at Jesus, and they turned and left him. The Bible called them disciples. This is too much. I'm leaving. Why would the Bible call them disciples, but they left the only one that can give them the discipline of the master? How can you be called a disciple and leave your master? The message is that it's not those that you are extended to. It is those that are the closest to you that can do the most damage. It's those who walk with you. It is those that labor with you. He looked at them and they turned their back on God. After everything that God has done in my life, after everything that God has enabled, me to do. I've told the Lord, whatever you have for me, however you decide to fix it up, it's well with me. I want to live so my God can use me. I come to tell somebody, as hard as it get, as rough as it get, never let go of the hand of God. I come to speak life. Hold on to God's unchanged 
changing hand. I come to tell you on this side, hold on. I know you got tears in your eyes. Hold on. I know it's getting rough. Hold on. I know you feel pain in your body. Help me shout, hold on. Hold on. Watch God fix it. I'm a living witness that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask, imagine, or think. Let him hear you outside. Shout, hold on. Hold on. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go and give God some praise on today, amen. Give him praises on today, amen, for he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. The benefits of saying goodbye. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Andre Williams, for blessing our souls on today. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. We are going to stand all over this beautiful building. Amen. Amen. We're going to ask our prayer warriors to come on up. Amen. What an amazing word. What an amazing worship experience on today, amen. For God is so worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, for he's so worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah. Amen. As our prayer warriors are here, and if there is anything that you are battling with, if there's anything that you are uh, needing some assistance with, amen, I want to let you know that you are in the right place at the right time, amen. Amen. I am just full. I feel great from this amazing worship experience, amen. Amen. And, and I just want you to know that you are not alone. You're not alone, Amen. If you are here, amen, and you need someone to pray with you, if you need someone to just stand in agreement with you, if you need someone to, to support you, amen, our prayer warriors are here. Amen. We want to make sure that we are uh, remembering our pastor and our prayers, amen, and, and his, uh, his wife by his side, amen, and as she's continuing to, to make sure that he is um, doing what he's supposed to do, amen. To get back here, amen. I know sometimes we want to rush and do things on our own time, amen. Amen, but we want to keep our pastor in, his, in our prayers, amen. But even as we dismiss, our prayer warriors will still be here. So if you'd like to come up for prayer, now is the right time, amen. And if you are looking to join our church, amen, you can see uh, one of our hospitality members, amen, and they will be able to um, sign you up for that as well, amen. So as we dismiss, I need every head by every eye closed. Lord God, we just want to say thank you, God, for this wonderful word that we have heard on today. 
Lord, we thank you, Father, for Pastor Williams, Father, who has came and, and declared your word to your people, God. But right now we ask, Father, that you would just hide your word into our heart, that every footstep that we take will light a path for someone to see it, Father, and draw closer to you. So, Lord God, we pray for our plaster on today, God. We pray for him, Father, for speedy recovery. Lord God, we pray, God, that you would just continue to be a blessing unto him and to his family. Bless every soul that is here at Kingdom Embassy on today, Lord. Bless everyone who is here at the altar, Father, and looking for prayer. For those who did not come up, Father, meet them at their needs right now in their hearts. Lord God, as we leave your place, but never from your presence. Lord God, we need you to protect us and keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Lord, we love you so much. Until we meet again, in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Consider yourself dismissed.